0: Hello, and welcome. My name is Tessa van Rens, and this is the final episode of the Radical Solutions podcast by Unlock Democracy. For anyone who's new to the podcast, for the past nine weeks I've asked thinkers, MPs, foodies and activists to paint me a picture of a better country for all of us. They each presented one radical solution for the future of Britain, and from the visionary to the practical, they proved that there can be more to politics than endless ineffectual squabbling. We want to see public ownership of our public services, so we think that the privatisation
1: ideology that we've had for the past 30 years really hasn't worked. My life, might say broadly, is about democratic engagement and making sure that young people participate and are at the heart and are socially included in decisions that shape their future. Actually, one of the reasons that towns have not had the investment that they need over the last 40 years is because we measure everything our progress as a nation through an economic measure that has completely outlived its usefulness. We need a much more inclusive
0: measure of how we see progress. Now, I believe that the people should decide what their future looks like. So we asked the public for their favorite solution via email, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And the winner is Adam Ramsey.
1: I think we need to abolish the British state and replace it with democratic systems. So I think that involves you know, replacing the whole Western system. The uh, system of devolution is ridiculous. We have the most centralised government in Western Europe and one of the most centralised in the Western world. And uh, the, the voting system is a joke and the whole system is set up to teach people that you can't make decisions about your life in a democratic way. You know, it's worth remembering that Britain's only one of four countries in the world without a written
0: constitution. Now, Adam's idea, and many of the others we've heard, actually have a large support from the population. Yet, somehow, none of these ever get discussed in Westminster. A new leader, a change of parties, leaving the European Union... None of these things will change the fact that the people aren't in charge. The problem is more systemic and so is the solution. Here to tell us about her radical solution to give us a politics that we deserve is Alex Ronswick, director of Unlock Democracy.
1: Hi I'm Alex Ronswick and I'm director of Unlocked Democracy.
0: Thank you. Um, let's dive right in and tell me what is your radical solution for Britain?
1: Well, at Unlocked Dweckster we think that the way we do politics is broken, that the rules aren't fair, so we want um, the people to come together, we want us all to come together and decide how we think we should be governed and to basically rewrite the rules of our politics. That would be through what is known as a citizen-led constitutional convention, so it means we the people run the process, Uh, and we deliberate, we take evidence, we think through the different issues about that that affect our society, and we come together to write a constitution which sets out the rules of what the government can, and more importantly, can't do in our name.
0: Wonderful. Um, I definitely really like and support, as I think most do, the idea of the people having more of a voice uh, on how this country is governed. But I do wonder, don't we already have documents like these? You know, we have the Magna Carta, And there's the European Convention on Human Rights, which, as far as I know, we're not stepping out of at the moment, I hope. Um, So why do we need something else? Well, I mean,
1: the UK has a lot of history and it's something we're very, very proud of. And things like the Magna Carta are really important moments in our history. But it's important to recognise what they do and don't do, because obviously the Magna Carta was a deal between some barons and an absolute monarch in 1215. Society has changed just a bit in the last 800 years, no kidding. and uh, you know it's it's crucial that we reflect what society is now, not the society that was 800 years ago. It's worth bearing in mind that very little of what is in the Magna Carta is actually relevant to. Is legally valid in in, in today's mm-hmm. society, and even the things that are that you know some of the really emotional parts, emotive parts of um, the Magna Carta are around things like the access to fair trial and to uh, to have a fair trial and to have access to justice. And if you look at what's going on now with the cuts to legal aid, you know yes we have that right in the Magna Carta, but you can also argue that we don't actually have access to justice because people aren't able to access expert legal advice. They're having to represent themselves in courts up and down the country and they, you know, that is
0: not a fair and just legal system. So it's interesting that you said, you know, obviously a lot has changed in the past 800 years because it does sometimes feel like even apart from our constitution that we do or don't have, the political system and, you know, our two parties and the way that we do democracy really hasn't changed at all in the past hundred years while Pretty much everything else about our lives has.
1: It's something that parliamentarians often take great pride in that our political system <laughs> hasn't really changed that much. Yeah, that, <laughs> no, that we that we have evolved gradually over time, and we've we you know we've avo- avoided violent revolution. And obviously, avoiding violent revolution is a good thing. Um, but it does mean that the power structures in our society haven't ever fundamentally been challenged so while yes of course politics has changed and we've increased the franchise so you know we gradually increased the number of men who could vote we allowed women to vote then it was you know reducing the fran- the age of uh, voting from 21 to 18 and we may even do that to 16 those are all good things but they don't change the fundamental nature of power within our society. And unless we do that, we're not actually going to change our politics and we're not going to empower people to feel
0: that they actually have a say in our society. So do you think that the way everything works now, um, people don't really have a say or not enough of a say? I mean, that sentiment is clearly there. Do you think they're right?
1: Absolutely. I think there there are lots of different interconnected reasons why... People have a sense of powerlessness. Partly it's that um, the UK is an incredibly centralised nation, far more than most other uh, modern industrialised nations, certainly far more than the rest of Europe. Um, so, you know, if you are in Berwick or Cornwall, London feels incredibly remote. Mm. Um, so, partly it's about the centralisation of power within the United Kingdom and within, within Westminster and Whitehall and this attitude that Westminster and Whitehall know best when as most people living in their communities know they don't um it's also the way our electoral system works and the fact that you can get a a government with a very large majority but only actually getting 30 percent of the vote it's the way that uh, money dominates our politics and the fact that Uh, you know if you have millions of pounds you can buy access and influence whether that's through lobbying whether that's through donations to political parties there's the sense that the rich and the powerful and indeed political parties themselves can you know are in fact above the law Mm -hmm. Um, so we've seen recently uh, a number of scandals around electoral law that that's not fit for purpose and that the the rules that are supposed to make elections fair and make sure that one party can't spend more than another and that you can't buy an election are simply not working and that overspending in elections has become the price of doing business in British politics. So I I have a lot of sympathy with people who feel that they don't have a say, and that our politics is broken. But what we've got to do is we've got to actually step up and change it, because it's it's in the interests of the establishment for things to stay the same as they are. And the more we turn away and go, well, there's no point changing; it's never going to happen. We're just letting them win. Mm-hmm. And you know, so we have to step up, and we have to make the change happen.
0: Great. So um, coincidentally, or probably not so coincidentally, the the winning idea or the winning radical solution. Was Adam Ramsey's, and he actually referred to a lot of the points you made as well. So he said that you know ne- because we have a neoliberal system, um, capitalism and money more than the people rule our country. Um, and he referred to some Italian economist who shockingly said that u k was the most corrupt country in the entire world. Um, another really great quote that I'd like to bring in that I think, really shows what you were talking about, why the people aren't in power, is that because we don't have a constitution, those who are in charge just get to make it up as they go along, Um, which implies that we really don't have a democracy at all. We just have a few people with power and money making the decisions.
1: And I think if you look at the process of the way that Brexit has been done, that's actually a really good example. Mm. Because when um, Article 50 was triggered, Um, the wording of Article 50 is that this has to be triggered in accordance with the country's constitutional arrangements. And that would not be controversial for most countries because you would go to the document that is your constitution and you would look up what that is. Um, We had to go to court to work out (laughs) what our constitutional arrangements were. And you've got to bear in mind that it was a private citizen who took the government to court because the government just assumed that because they had... Uh, prerogative powers left over from an absolute monarchy that they could unilaterally decide without Parliament, without our elected representatives that they could decide to trigger Article 50 and it was a private citizen who took the government to court to say actually no the principle of parliamentary sovereignty remains and actually Parliament has to vote to do this you can't do this without Parliament but because we don't have a clear set of rules governments can, can and do just try and do stuff and unless they are actively challenged they do it and they get away with it because nobody's clear what the rules are so you know adam is absolutely right to say that where there are no clear rules governments will make it up as they go along and in order to be able to challenge it a you need to have a sense of what the rules are you also need the resources to be able to do it not that many people could have taken the government to court to prove that point
0: yeah so i mean it's really a unique occurrence that Uh, One citizen as you said can really influence what happens uh, in government and can have this Strong idea and strong sense of like this is not the way it should be and change things But generally I think all the ideas that we've all heard over the nine past nine weeks Are not going to be implemented or are not really getting the time of day or these are not the kinds of things that are being discussed in Westminster, so how would you say that, that all these issues you're signaling of? Um, The fact that we don't have a constitution and the power is centralised, how does that impact our ability to think about radical solutions and to really make the country better through new innovative ideas for everyone involved?
1: I think there are lots of reasons for that and I think one of the things that's been really inspiring about this podcast series is the number of radical solutions that are out there mm. it's, it's yeah. not that we don't have the ideas yeah. it's not that there aren't politicians in this country wanting to make big changes um, i think one of the reasons why uh, the british political system is so bad at delivering radical change is because it's very short-termist that's partly the electoral system that's partly the unwritten constitution it's partly uh other issues around money and politics But where an issue um, is a long-term one, whether that's climate change, whether that's the ownership of public services, as Kat pointed out, whether that's the economy, as Sam Smethers pointed out, where there are big structural problems, it's actively against the interests of a political party to try and tackle Mm. them, because they expect to be out of power in a few years and there's no incentive for them to actually
0: work with other parties and to plan for the long term. So I think this is a great example of one of the many times in which what is the interest of a political party very clearly isn't the interest of the people because as you pointed out Kat Hobbs who wants public ownership of um, our water and our NHS 84 percent of the population supports that that is more than any vote or election we've had in the past few years and I think the same goes for climate change And perhaps something similar for the written constitution as well. Mm. So the people want these things, yet they don't happen through our supposedly democratic system.
1: Yeah, as you said. Unlock Democracy recently did polling and we found that uh, 65% of people were in support of a written constitution mm, yeah. and yet we're continually told that these kind these ideas aren't raised on the doorstep, that they're not important or that mm-hmm. uh, one of the uh, phrases that politicians often use is something like that they're, they're a third term issue which means that you know the government has to be elected <laughs> three times before they're willing to consider something structural. Um, but I think one of the other things to think about in terms of these issues and why a constitution can help and why a a constitution matters is because obviously we would have to as a nation have a conversation about what we want in that constitution and there Mm. are some obvious things that go in constitutions like the right to vote and and human rights and you know there are certain basic civil and political rights that are in every constitution but there are conversations going on around the world about um, what's known as socio-economic rights so things like protections for the environment rights to healthcare, rights to housing rights to f- uh, f- um, clean water mm-hmm. um, these are kind of new generation of rights that some countries have put in their constitution and um, it's one of the things that we would need to do is we would need to come together and decide you know do we want to include these things it might be that we don't but we would actually have to ha- come together, have that conversation, and the values that we want to put in our constitution, and to decide who we
0: are. Amazing! I think this is something that I, and with me, all the listeners, would be so excited to be a part of. You know, to to really not only feel like we're in power again, but come together with all different citizens with different opinions in a way that I don't really think is happening at the moment, especially with everything going on with Brexit and find solutions together, which I at least believe is not impossible, despite the sort of polarisation that we are dealing with at the moment. So if other people have been as inspired by this as me, um, what can they do, what can listeners do to make this happen? There are lots of things. Obviously,
1: um, as the director of Unlock Democracy, the first thing I would say is join Unlock Democracy, get involved with our campaigns. Um, There's also a Facebook group that you can join uh, called the New Politics Rules Action Team, where you can talk to other people who are inspired by these ideas and who are taking action to make sure that we um, make the change happen and there are resources there. So, for example, if you want to go and meet your MP, if you want to do an event in your area, um, that's a really, really good way to get involved. But there are also more basic things that you can do. obviously one thing you know if you're persuaded by these ideas talk to other people talk to your family talk to your friends get get them campaigning on these issues hear what other people think
0: um and and let us know what kind of responses you get Mm, interesting so it sounds like there's also loads of ways for people to get involved just by sitting on the couch and gorging on their christmas turkey which i at least find quite an (laughs) exciting prospect um Thank you very much, Alex, uh, for all this great input and for rounding off an amazing series of radical solutions with us. Um, I hope we can all get together and make sure that these ideas get the time of day and that our politics gets better for everyone. Thank you. If you've been inspired by Alex and want to take action, head to unlockdemocracy.org slash new constitution. That's unlockdemocracy.org slash new dash constitution and maybe as your very first action you could like and share this podcast episode with everyone you know or perhaps even some people you don't know if you'd like to hear more radical solutions then go to unlockdemocracy.org slash podcast that's unlockdemocracy.org slash podcast. This final episode of Radical Solutions has been produced by Brady Addison Childs and hosted by me, Tessa Van Rens. It's been an absolute pleasure being your host. Thank you so much for listening.